Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Thursday edition of the show underway. Glad to have you with us here on the Big X. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, well, the hot streak, I, I, I don't want to say it's over. I think Indiana still in the second half played pretty decent basketball last night. But the winning streak maybe has come to an end for this Indiana team. It's been a wild ride. It's been fun. It's been great to see. And let's hope that there's still great basketball ahead. But Northwestern with an outstanding first half last night to take a 19-point lead into the halftime intermission. Indiana's defense did not look the same, especially in the first half, as what it has in recent games. Trace Jackson Davis ended up with a very solid post uh, or almost a triple-double stat line but did get off to a slow start last night. And Indiana's role players, uh, specifically Miller Kopp, who you would think would really have a desire to come out and play well at Northwestern, maybe his final time taking on the uh, the Wildcats. Uh, he just cannot get it going. We'll, we'll take a look at his lackluster performance against his former school here in a moment. But uh, Indiana drops one, and I think that uh, the good you take away is how they bounce back. They quickly got back to being close to this Indiana team that we've become used to seeing in recent weeks. Uh, cut that lead down to 12, continue to chip away, even though Northwestern uh, seemed to always answer back with some big three or big shot. Finally, Indiana in the last minute was able to tie the ball game, and I thought that was a real sign of toughness, a real sign that this team has some resiliency to it. And a lot like the Michigan team where this uh, game, where this team found themselves down uh, in a tough spot, they were able to battle back and they never gave up. How many times have we seen Indiana uh, not close the deal, not be able to get back in the ball game? And uh, they did last night. And so I think that that's the positive you take out of a loss. Northwestern moves into number two in the conference by themselves. Indiana currently in third, and boy, there's a log jam right behind the Hoosiers. So important, Indiana does bounce back because that double bye in the Big Ten tournament is so very important, uh, I think, to helping this team move into the postseason with a bang. But uh, good game, good second half last night, I'll say, by Indiana. And again, how they bounce back, hopefully, uh, for IU fans, will be uh, momentum for them as they move into uh, the next schedule. But what a tough stretch it's been for Indiana. There are other tough challenges coming up. Illinois, the next game. I know we can talk about the technical on the Indiana bench and also Mike Woodson. I'm sure that will come up in our program today. But a great finish, a great second half all the way around. And it's hard to believe 
uh, how solid this Northwestern team is when they were not projected at all uh, to be anywhere close to where they're at in the conference standings. That is for sure. Uh, but Indiana found a way to bounce back, make it close, competitive, tied in the last minute, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll break it all down here in the show. Glad to have you with us today. Uh, let's take a look at the show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in moments. We'll have more on last night's game. Also, later in the show, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is always our Thursday guest presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. And so we get Alex's take on everything from last night. And also, time to look ahead to Illinois. It's just around the corner. It's going to be a tough game for this team. Uh, And that's par for the course, really, with every Big Ten game. But we'll talk uh, Northwestern and the loss and so much to take away from that game and we'll also look ahead to Illinois with Alex a little bit later in the program today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, let's get into some things from last night. First off, uh, opening, what, two, three minutes of the game, Indiana with a 6-2 lead. Jalen hood Shafino knocked down a jump shot. It appeared Indiana had shown up ready to play, ready for a big battle on a red-hot Northwestern's court. And then, of course, slowly after that, it just decayed and decayed even further for Indiana. They finally found themselves down 39-20 to at the halftime intermission. It was really bad. It was really ugly. It was nothing like the Indiana team that we have seen in recent games, really recent weeks, maybe you could say even the last month of the season for this team. But I'll give it to Indiana. They came out at halftime. I thought immediately they looked much more aggressive in the second half. They cut it to 15 and then to 12 and slowly uh, were able to get it back into a nine-point advantage into single digits. And before you know it, Indiana's got it down to six. And then, of course, uh, finally the opportunity to tie the ball game at a couple just wonderful back-and-forth possessions to close out the game. Obviously not ending Indiana's way, but Indiana did tie it. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, almost a triple-double last night, 23 points. 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 assists away from a triple-double in 39 minutes. So once again, just another crazy uh, TJD stat line from last night as he was really good for Indiana. Uh, Jalen Huchifino, 13 points. Race Thompson, I thought his first game back after sitting out the Michigan game in street close, he looked really solid for Indiana as well. We'll talk more about Trace here in just a moment. But to start the game, the defense just did not look the same. That that was the first takeaway of the contest. Uh, again, I thought it was really good for this Indiana team here in mid-late February to, to show that they can battle back. They had to do so in the Michigan game, and they had to do so in a much tougher situation, a very tough environment on the road, trailed by as many as 21 points in the first half. Uh, but did not stop, did not quit. And slowly, even though it would come down, the lead would, and then bounce back up a little bit after some threes and other uh, Northwestern baskets, Indiana stayed with it. Finally able to get it down into double digits and eventually tied the ball game. Uh, Miller Cop, let's take 
a look at him if you want to talk about a negative from last night. And I really like Miller Cop. I don't know that he's going to be the player ultimately when he exits Indiana that we thought he might be coming from Northwestern as a transfer in the spring of 2021. But he really has struggled against his former team. Uh, I know he was getting shouted at, yelled at, profanities uh, were mentioned on social media uh, that he was being called during the game. But he finished last night one of six from the field, and he had just three points for Indiana. And I read this on Inside the Hall on Alex Bozich's website. In three games against Northwestern, his former team, Kopp has scored a total of 11 points on three for 15 shooting from the field. Now, he's important to this Indiana team. He's, I think, a key role player uh, for this IU ball club, but he really has struggled when he takes on his former team. There is absolutely no question about that. Race Thompson, I think that was a positive note. He got 25 minutes last night. He missed the Saturday game at Michigan for precautionary reasons, but he was back in the starting lineup uh, last night. And probably one of his best performances, if not his best, since he went out with a knee injury uh, in January. Uh, and four for four from the field, five is six from the free throw line, 15 points for race, and definitely uh, an encouraging performance, I think, from him uh, last night. And as you think about this Indiana team, the rest of the way, the Big Ten tournament, the NCAA tournament, you never know who it's going to be that steps up. You know that Trace is probably going to be pretty good most of the time, all the time. Uh, Jalen Huchifino, he has his games. He's fairly consistent, not always. And then it boils down to some role players, and Race Thompson can be one of those guys. Miller Cop can be one of those guys. Trey Galloway can be one of those guys that you really need uh, in a postseason setting to help you get over the hump in a tight game. But uh, definitely Race Thompson, a good performance and appeared to be back and ready to go for this Indiana team the rest of the way. Keep in mind, Xavier Johnson still in street clothes. Uh, no real updates. Been kind of quiet about him. Coach Woodson hasn't had anything to say now for a couple weeks. I don't think Xavier has put anything on his social media accounts recently that make you think he's uh, imminently about to return. So it's going to be interesting to see as the season ticks along and we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season if and when he does make a return to the lineup. And when he does, what his role is going to look like. Is he ready to go? Is he back healthy at 100%? It's obviously, you would think, going to take him some games to get there and kind of risky when you get into uh, postseason. So it could be kind of a, an interesting situation uh, with uh, uh, with uh, Xavier Johnson for sure as he makes a return to the lineup. Also, last night in college basketball, some interesting games locally. I thought it was really interesting that Louisville kept it close with Virginia. In fact, they led some in the first half. I got to see the last couple possessions of that ball game last night, but uh, Louisville lost to number seven Virginia, 61-58. So they were really close and played a very good game against the Cavaliers. And Kentucky, another local team, they're definitely on the, bop, the bubble right now as far as the NCAA tournament goes. They were able to go on the road last night and get a big win, 71-68 at Mississippi State. 
as the Wildcats held on down the stretch for a big, big road game in the SEC. Kentucky, it's going to be really interesting. I feel like they are playing the role of Indiana here in this Kentucky and region lately because from game to game, it seems to be a different team. Sometimes they're pretty good. Other times they look really bad, and their backs legitimately are against the wall. The rest of the SEC schedule to see if they can find a way to battle into the tournament, and it sets up, unless they go on some sort of hot streak here, it sets up that it could be a situation where Kentucky fans going into the day of the NCAA tournament draw, it could really be a draw time decision. They legitimately are lining up to be just on the bubble uh, with the number of games they have left and where the SEC's at right now as far as a conference goes. And of course, the big uh, highlight or uh, amazing thing from last night was another number one goes down. Purdue defeated twice over the last week and a half when they were number one. Indiana got them and then Northwestern. And last night, Alabama, who finally got to the number one spot, Knocked off by Tennessee last night. And Kentucky, I think, has Tennessee coming up in the next game. So definitely a wild night of college basketball. But that's what you expect as we move into the month of February. And really, we start to turn the backside today. It's February 16th, headed into the final week and a half, two weeks of the month of February. And uh, March Madness will be here before you know it. High school basketball last night was pretty quiet across the area, gearing up for girls' semi-states this weekend. I've mentioned a few times New Albany hosting the 1A South semi-state. Remember, that's two games in the morning, a 10 a.m. game, I believe is the first game time, a second semifinal game to follow a championship game on Saturday night. But Lanesville and Corden, the two local teams left in girls' basketball that both, I think, have legit opportunities to punch their ticket to Indianapolis. Lanesville's a big favorite to go on to Gainbridge Fieldhouse next week, and we'll see if Corden, uh, who could have some tough competition this weekend, can find a way to get it done as well. Don't forget Friday night, more high school basketball here on the Big X. We've got Evansville Wrights at Jeff on Friday evening. Our pregame coverage begins at 7.15, but that is where we will be Friday for high school basketball coming your way here on the Big X. We'll head to a commercial break and come back with more. A chat with Alex Bozich is ahead. The latest on IU. Lots of takeaways from that Northwestern contest last night. We'll talk about Miller Cop and TJD and uh, this first half, the defense, so much more uh, when we come back with Alex, all presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. So stay with us for that. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, my guest. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 
1450. And this segment with Alex is always brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations, two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, I spent some time in the first uh, segment today recapping the game and talking about Indiana's defense, which was not great in the first half. But I guess maybe we should talk about the offense or lack thereof in the first half. Indiana scored 20 points in the first 20 minutes of the game. Really bad offensive showing in the first half last night as well. Yeah, Northwestern did a really good job in the first half of splitting uh, Chase Jackson Davis when he caught the ball. They they basically, if you watch closely, they waited for him to put the ball on the floor, and when he did, that's when they they brought the the pressure, and it put him in some situations that weren't um, all that favorable. Although he did only turn it over two times in the first half, um, Indiana really just didn't knock down many shots out of the the double team. They were able to correct that a little bit in the second half. I think they made three uh, triples in the second half, but I don't believe they made a three-pointer in the first half. So that was a, a big problem. And just overall, I think even though the points off of turnovers for the game didn't really hurt Indiana that much, uh, they just weren't very sharp with their passing uh, in general and just kind of their awareness in the first half. They, they turned the ball over. Uh, too frequently, and, and that really um, gave, gave Northwestern some confidence and some momentum. And, and um, you know, it's it's kind of a, a game where one thing fuel one end fuels the other. And uh, I thought for the most part, Northwestern in the first half was just making some some, some tough shots, but also um, Indiana left left some shooters on the perimeter, and it was just kind of a snowball effect. You also had those those technical fouls that were in there, and just overall, uh, the first half was uh, really a disaster uh, for Indiana on both ends of the court, and, you know, they, as you know, it ultimately came back and gave themselves a chance on the stretch, but when you put yourself in a position where you're down 21 late in the first half against a team like Northwestern on the road, I mean, Northwestern's a good team. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, really tough to come back from that. So, yeah, both ends. I, I really thought in the first half, Indiana was just kind of off on on both ends of the of the floor, and obviously they were they paid for it with with being down by 19 at halftime. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Race Thompson last night, really good. I want to start with Race being good and then go to Miller Cop and his struggles against his former school. But I thought that was a good sign, not just for last night, but for the future. Race Thompson can play a key role uh, for this team, and he did so last night even in the loss. Yeah, that was as good as he's looked since he came back from the uh, the knee injury, obviously. Uh, he, he was held out of the Michigan game for what Indiana called precautionary reasons, but it wasn't related to the knee. Um, and, and he last night, I mean, you look at the plus-minus, he had the, the best number uh, of anybody on the floor, I thought. The way he was moving around, just a lo- lot more active than he'd been the last few games uh, since he'd been back. Uh, shot the ball well from the field, didn't necessarily take any shots outside of the paint, which I think is a smart thing for him. He, him and Trace in the second half really did a good job of kind of playing off one another, and uh, Trace was able to find him for a couple of buckets um, based off of double teams, which is a good development. Got to the line, made his free throws, and you know, most importantly, I think the amount of minutes that he was able to handle uh, playing 25, I think that's probably right around where you want him to be. 
uh, the rest of the way. If he can play that effectively and give you that number of minutes, uh, it's just a, a net positive uh, for an Indiana team that's really outside of Hood Shafino and, and Jackson Davis. They're really just searching for consistency out of a third or a fourth scorer, and they're really not getting it. And on some nights, uh, Jackson Davis and Hood Shafino are good enough to, to carry Indiana uh, to wins, but um, last night they really needed somebody else to step up, and Race did that, particularly in the second half. And uh, it, it was good; it was an encouraging performance, as you as you said, Matt, for for, for Race to play like that. And they're going to need him to to be able to hold up here over the last you know five games of the regular season and in the tournament play as well. Talking with uh, Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Let's flip the Miller Cop, man. I, I feel bad for the guy. I really like him as a person and as a player. We've got to know his personality a little bit. He has that or had that podcast that he did, and uh, has been kind of outspoken at times. But a cool guy. But man, Alex, he has struggled against his former team. And I saw in your recap from last night, you summarized his performances or lack thereof against Northwestern, writing that he was uh, had scored a total of 11 points on three for 15 shooting when Indiana has faced Northwestern. He is, he's been really bad against the Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like you, um, he probably really needed to set the tone for how he was going to play against uh, Northwestern the first time he played them. And I feel like now it's probably more of a mental thing where he's pressing a little bit I mean, last night he made a three-pointer, uh, and then the next attempt, attempt he had it like hit off the side of the backboard, and he's just too good of a shooter to have something like that happen. So it's clearly uh, in his head a little bit, and obviously the fans were, were all over him uh, last night. I actually saw Chris Collins had a comment after the game where he didn't really, he said he didn't really like what uh, the students were doing to Miller Pop, and said that you know he was a part of the Northwestern family, and obviously he spent three years there, so good to see Chris Collins come out and say that, but I mean, really it's just um, not just Miller Cop that has been uh, inconsistent uh, on the road. You look at Tamar Bates as well, his numbers away from Assembly Hall and Big Ten play have, have been uh, rough. Uh, to say the least, and Malik Renew was inconsistent last night. Obviously, again, struggles uh, to stay on the floor without fouling. You know, Indiana is not playing a, a deep rotation, um, but they're just not getting enough from those complementary players right now, and, and Cops uh, a big part of that. Uh, I will say in the, in the Michigan game, it was excellent. Defensively, uh, did some things in that game, and I don't think he played poorly last night defensively uh, at all. I just think it was a situation where offensively against Northwestern for whatever reason. Uh, he's pressing a bit and can't get comfortable and, and how can you blame him in playing against uh, playing in that environment where people are chaining things at you and, and obviously he wants to play well. There's a lot of emotion involved but uh, he just can't really uh, seem to find the comfort level playing against Northwestern. It's, it's unfortunate for him but uh, I think uh, he'll, he'll rebound from it just fine going forward and just one of those things where he probably hopes he can get a Another shot at Northwestern, maybe in the Big Ten tournament uh, next month in Chicago. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, as I watched the game unfold last night, I know Northwestern kind of had to hang on to win 
Indiana wasn't themselves. And as you mentioned, I think Northwestern had a lot to do with that at the start of the game. But I couldn't help but just be amazed that this Northwestern team is as good as they are and is second place in the Big Ten Conference. I did not see that coming this season. Yeah, me either. I think I picked them 13th in the league, um, which obviously has been way off. I think a lot of people uh, that participated in the preseason polls and all that for the for the league really missed the mark. And, and I mean, what what was there really to buy into this season uh, for Northwestern? I mean, they they had lost Pete Nance, North Carolina. Obviously, Ryan Young uh, left and went to Duke. I, you know, I think. A couple of things really stand out. They've got, obviously, experienced guards. Drew Billy plays as hard as any any guard in the Big Ten, plays a ton of minutes. Chase Aldish, uh, while he's a streaky offensive player, uh, when he gets hot, he can really carry a team. We saw that in the first half last night. And defensively, to me, he's one of the two or three best perimeter defenders in the Big Ten. He can really just be disruptive on that end of the court. Um, and then kind of one underrated thing that I just think that's made Northwestern better is, you know, they went, obviously, at Ryan Young and Nance left, but their, their front court guys are a little bit more versatile. The Nicholson guy basically came out of nowhere. He barely played the last two years. And while statistically he's not like a, a guy that stands out on the stat sheet, he's a good rebounder. He plays hard. He, he seems to always be in the mix. Uh, and Robbie Barron, too, I mean, made a, you know, a, a couple, I think, big shots last night. They're just... Um, a pretty connected team uh, of guys that know their role and kind of realize uh, the front court guys that, that, that it's going to be Bowie and Adish carrying the day. I don't know how that translates to the NCAA tournament to not have all that much scoring inside. I mean, obviously guard play is key, but you, you also want to have some some wings that can create shots and guys that you can throw the ball and, and get an easy basket in the post. Northwestern doesn't really have that, but. They play as hard as anybody does in the Big Ten defensively, and you know they 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 seem to be able to win close games. It's not two really close games against Indiana. They they won obviously the game in Bloomington. They they led and kind of hold, held on there for a one point win. And then last night Indiana gives them its best shot. In the second half comes all the way back, ties the game, and then Boo Booey makes a makes a play at the end to, to lift them uh, to the victory. Sometimes uh, it's just about who has the ball last and who. Uh, has older guys that are capable of making plays, and last night it was Northwestern, and, and you're right, Matt. I mean, we didn't see this coming, but they, I think they deserve a lot of credit for, for how they played this year. It's, it's no fluke uh, at, all, at all. I mean, they've had some really good wins. They beat Michigan State on the road early in the season. I think a lot of people looked at that and said, wow, this team, how did this happen? What a terrible loss for Michigan State, but now they've won at Indiana. Uh, they beat Indiana at home. They beat Purdue at home. They've got a really... Nice resume of, of wins, and they're, they're a surefire NCAA tournament team at this point. Probably uh, bearing you know anything, uh, barring anything here down the stretch that, uh, that you know sees them go on a losing streak or something. Probably going to be a double buy uh, team in the Big Ten tournament, in Chicago. Alex Bozich inside the hall joining us. We're recapping IU's loss at Northwestern last night. Uh, Alex Trace Jackson Davis a little bit of a slow start, but man, he made up for it as the game went on almost a triple-double. He was two assists away from a triple-double. I think we talk about this every week and definitely after every game, but 
his stat lines are just something special. It's amazing how efficient he is. It's amazing how he's able, and the coaches as well, they should get credit as well, but able to adjust to how Northwestern guarded him and what they did against him in the first half. But uh, Trace is a special guy, and he continues to have just an unbelievable season. Yeah, it was excellent in the second half. 18 of his 23, I think, came in the second half. First half, I just don't think he really ever got comfortable. He also, to me, didn't, I don't know if he was stiff or something in the first half. He just didn't really look like himself. His explosiveness wasn't there. Um, but he looked totally different in the second half. Um, I thought he, he was uh, as good as he's been uh, this, this stretch. I mean, he just continues to, as you mentioned, Matt, these stat lines he's producing uh, continue to be uh, incredible. Um, the passing in the second half was excellent. I thought Mike Woodson and the coaching staff made a really good adjustment to um, to kind of free up some of that pressure on him when the double team came. But, you know, if you notice, they got a couple of open three-pointers. They got some guys diving to the rim where there was a one play where he found Galloway um, cutting into the basket and he got a dunk. And, and, and he was going to have to be ready for, for that, I think, more uh, more often than not early in the games because, I, you know, Illinois is coming up next. And, you know, if you look back at that game a month ago, almost now, where, where they just guarded Trace Jackson Davis straight up and he went for 35 points and I think it was 15 or 19 from the field, I just don't think that's a formula that you want to have against Indiana. I mean, Michigan guarded him straight up, but they have Hunter Dickinson and, uh, he's a you know a pretty good shot blocker. I think more often than not, particularly when you get into tournament play and these teams that are not as familiar with Indiana, but they can watch the film. You know, I would double team Trace Jackson Davis every time he he got the ball and make somebody else beat me. You know, if Indiana is going to make threes and 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 win, then you have to live with that. I feel like, but you can't let a guy just catch the ball in space and and you know get ahead of steam going to the rim or. Uh, if he gets a smaller defender on him, he can just kind of bully guys in the post. So uh, that, to me, is kind of going to be uh, a big factor uh, once kind of we get into March and, and all these games are so matchup dependent. I think Indiana is really going to have to find other guys that can step up and make plays. I think Trace is obviously still going to get his numbers on, on most nights, but you know, if I'm an opposing team, I'm not letting him get 35 or 40 points. He's, maybe he gets 20, 25 and gets a bunch of offensive rebounds and uh, dominates the boards, but I'm just not going to let him catch the ball and, and, and go to work. So, uh, yeah, it was a great performance from him. Um, I, I think just overall last night kind of reinforced to me just how much this team needs Xavier Johnson back long-term. Uh, he would relieve a ton of pressure off of Jalen Hutchifino, gives you another capable scorer, a guy that can get into the lane and create for others. Uh, they don't really, you know, they have that somewhat, with Shafino, but he likes to pull up and kind of take the, the mid-range shots. Um, you know, with, with with Johnson, I think things can be can really open up uh, and just give Indiana another reliable uh, guard scoring option. Because right now, look at off the bench, um, it's really just Tamar Bates playing as a guard off the bench, and he's been really just poor uh, offensively and really defensively too. Most road games uh, this season, it's, it's basically just Hitchfino. He went 40 minutes I think last night. Um, he's he, they could they could definitely use I think Xavier Johnson back sooner rather than later to get him going uh, before the tournament play begins, and also just to kind of 
give them a more well-rounded uh, team offensively. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, uh, you mentioned Northwestern in the double bye for the Big Ten tournament. I know Indiana, mm-hmm. every game counts toward that. How safe are yeah. they to a double bye? What do they need to do? Is there any way to break it down, what the rest of the way looks like? to? I think that double bye is going to be so important for the Hoosiers and really for any team in the conference. But what does Indiana need to do to make sure they get that spot, one of those spots? Yeah. I don't think it's likely at this point, uh, to be honest with you, Matt, because of tiebreaker situations. Um, the teams that they're competing with, right now at least, primarily um, two of them, they don't have the head-to-head tiebreaker with Northwestern's beat them twice. Uh, so if they were, you know, had the same record head-to-head, they would lose the tiebreaker to Northwestern. And the other team is Maryland, which. They only played once, but it was in College Park, so they're going to lose the tiebreaker with them. Most of the scenarios that you look at right now, unless Indiana can go 4-1 and one over the last five, which um, that includes, obviously, three home games. Uh, you got Illinois at home. you got Iowa, Michigan. Those are all games Indiana uh, is going to be favored to win, but that would, that would involve, if they're going to go 4-1, and one, that means they either got to win at Michigan State or Purdue. I don't think 12 and 8 is going to get the job done unless um, other teams kind of that I mentioned there slip up. It's going to be tough because you also got Iowa in there as well. Um, right now they've they beat Indiana, but Indiana can obviously kind of split the season series with them. Um, you know, by, by beating them next month at home. Um, in today's uh, piece that I wrote five takeaways I put it I included a link to the there's like a big ten tournament scenario generator where you can actually go on there and input all the it has all the records for each team right now and all the results but you can actually go in there and check the different scenarios based on what you think might happen you can put in what you know what you think is going to happen to every game of the season it'll spit out um, what uh what the scenarios would be. I think most likely right now it looks like Indiana's, uh, you know, unless they can go for them, I think they could be something like a six seed. So it's, uh, it's just tough with that, that huge group of teams right there in the middle and then having uh, Maryland and, and Northwestern as, as two teams you're competing with. It's going to be really hard for Indiana, I think, to get anything higher than a four. And it probably, to me, most likely seems that they would be somewhere uh, playing on Thursday instead of uh, the double bottom Friday. Alex Bozich inside the hall. we got to talk a little bit about Illinois. I know it's at home in Bloomington, so that maybe is comforting a bit for Indiana fans, but uh, it's still a Illinois team playing pretty good basketball right now. Just another day in life of the Big Ten Conference, a tough one coming up for IU in the next game. Yeah, and you know, I already worked on my preview for the game this morning because um, a quick turnaround. And just a couple of things that really stand out from that first game that I don't necessarily think are um, going to be repeated um, from, from an Indiana perspective. Uh, they shot, I think, 67% on twos. And if you look at Illinois' two-point field goal defense, it's one of the better uh, two-point field goal defensive teams in the Big Ten. But I think they're going to have to switch something up, obviously, because they're not going to just let Trace Jackson Davis go right at Dane Danger the whole game. If they do that, then Brad Underwood, uh, that's just coaching malpractice in my mind, but I think they'll make an adjustment there. The other thing that probably is uh, unlikely to happen again, Matthew Mayer, uh, Meyer, excuse me, was 
non-factor in that first game. It came out afterwards that he was sick, but he, I think he played 22 minutes and didn't score a point. He's a guy that can really get going from the perimeter and give you another scoring option. You, know, you kind of know what you're going to get with, with Terrence Shannon um, from an Illinois perspective, really good guard. Uh, and, and then one other thing, North, or Illinois in that first game, they were 9 of 23 from the free throw line. They're not a good free throw shooting team, but they're better than 9 of 23. They lost 14 points at the line. It was a 15-point game. So those are just some things that, looking back at the first matchup, that really went in Indiana's favor. Um, Illinois, though, they're coming off their worst defensive performance of the season in Big Ten play uh, against Penn State. Um, they gave up a ton of points. Jalen Pickett had a huge game. Points were possession. I think we're in the over 1.3 uh, that game for, for Penn State. So Illinois is not coming in uh, playing particularly well, at least in this last couple of games. I think they've lost two of the last three. Uh, they lost at Iowa uh, and, and Penn State in that stretch. So it's a game Indiana really needs to get. As I said, Matt, if, you know, if they want any chance of that double bye uh, in the Big Ten tournament, they have to win out at home, probably have to win at, at Michigan State uh, or Purdue uh, to get 4-1 and one in the last uh, five. And, and that would get them, I believe, to 13-7 and seven at that point. I think they feel pretty good about their chances to get a double bye. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, a text on the Thornton's text line says, and let me pull it up here, the last Northwestern basket sure like looked like an offensive foul. I, I don't know that I've seen it a second time, but I don't remember thinking that as the game was played out live. Any response to that text? I mean, I guess it depends on, um, you know, guys do different things all the time to create space. Uh, is it always called? No. Uh, yeah, I hate to say this, and it's not the way games should be called, and it's not the way it should be looked at, but the reality is that's, that's just not a call that's going to be made in that situation. Uh, it's, it's one of the more frustrating things in sports in general. And, you know, it happens in football. It happens in other sports. Like It almost seems like late in a game, um, refs are, are not going to make a controversial call, but unless it's completely blatantly obvious and that one um you know i can see the argument for it um but there's just so many things in that in in the game yesterday that you have to look at from an indiana perspective and say um if they wouldn't have done this they they would have i mean the two technicals obviously that that gave four points uh in the first half was not a, a good development all of the turnovers i mean that jail hits trafino pass uh with i think it's 111 and left in the game where he just kind of threw the ball off the backboard. Um, he had traced Jackson Davis, but the ball just kind of sailed on him, and that was a possession. There were several times in the second half where Indiana had the lead down to like seven or five, and they would come down and just couldn't convert. So um, in a situation like that, I mean, you can always look at the one play and say, hey, maybe something could have been called, but then you also have to realize it's a 40-minute game, and they did a lot of things particularly in the first half, uh, just not well enough uh, to put themselves in a chance uh, position of winning. You know, if they go, they're down in something like 12 at halftime, uh, and they play like they did in the second half, but, you know, they win by five or seven points. But they just dug a really big hole, and then Northwestern, uh, to their credit, made a play when they had to. But, you know, I, I've seen some of the replays, and I, I guess you could say uh, there's an argument for that, but reality is you're just, particularly on the road, that, that's just not a call you're going you're gonna to see made. Alex Bozich, Inside the Hall. This segment has been brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Alex, thanks. Uh, quick turnaround for 
for you. I know lots of content coming up on the Illinois game, and we'll talk with you next Friday to see where Indiana stands at that point as we start to think about winding things down. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks, and have a good good weekend. All right, Alex with us on Thursdays here on the show, and great to always have him, but especially the day of a game or the day after a game to really set the tone for what's going on with IU basketball. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll get you set for the weekend and tell you a little bit about high school hoops and a few other topics we'll cover. Stay with us. This is a Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program One IU football note that I saw yesterday uh, for the Hoosiers, wide receivers coach Adam Henry is going to depart his job in Bloomington and return to the NFL. It was reported yesterday he'll go to the Buffalo Bills to uh, coach the wide receivers there. So um, he just came a year ago. Uh, He was, in addition to being the wide receivers coach, also the co-offensive coordinator. Um, His hiring was announced back on March 18th, so uh, just a year ago uh, he entered Bloomington. So one IU football note to pay attention to in the offseason. Also, high school basketball this weekend. I've talked a lot this week about the girls' semi-states, Lanesville and Corden, the two locals, and some interesting games. Most teams have two games left here in the regular season. And looking at this weekend, uh, no outstanding games. I know that uh, Evansville writes a decent ball club. Could be a challenge for Jeffersonville coming up this weekend. But you get to this part of the year, and it's kind of a lot of thoughts ahead to the tournament. Of course, the pairings will come out on Sunday evening at 5 o'clock, and we'll carry those here on the Big X. But uh, some things to think about the rest of the way outside of Jeff and Evansville rights tonight are coming up on Friday and Evansville rights 14 and four on the season. So I do think it should be a really good game at Johnson arena on Friday evening, but uh, keep in mind, new Albany has a couple games left of interest. They'll host Browntown Brownstown central next Tuesday. That's an opportunity to see Jack Benner, the Purdue recruit who's had such a great season for the Braves who could have a chance to make a run. Providence would like to halt anything like that in the sectional. Brownstown 16-4 and four on the year, but they'll be at New Albany on Tuesday. That game was bumped around because of New Albany hosting the girls' semi-state. Also, New Albany will host Bloomington North next Friday night, uh, February 24th. And the reason I mention that, big night for Jim Shannon, his final home game 
after 25 years as head coach of the Bulldogs. I know a lot of former players I've heard from are coming back for that evening and should be a very special night. On top of his recognition, they are also going to honor the 1973 state championship team from New Albany on February 24th. So that will be a big finale for Coach Shannon and New Albany for the season uh, at the Doghouse on Friday, February 24th. And I do know that we'll be uh, at that game as well to broadcast the final home game for Jim Shannon in his long career at New Albany High School. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program. If you missed the live show, don't forget we're always available as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And no matter how you're with us, I know a lot of listeners on the radio, some stream out of town, some catch the podcast when you can. Always glad to have you. Appreciate your feedback. Appreciate your listenership. And forget that text line always open for you to send in questions and comments at 502-414-1450. Have a great uh, Thursday. I think the weather, at least on this side of the river, Justin Kalen told me has eased up a little bit for tonight. I know initially there was the thought of some really bad weather this evening. Uh, but uh, be vigilant of that, and uh, we'll talk tomorrow at 11 a.m. here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>